0: Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake up call here on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate a few minutes of your time this morning. Uh, plenty to talk about. Obviously, uh, lots of baseball yesterday. The Red Sox keep rolling. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Another beautiful day here in the Northeast. Temperature is supposed to be about 70 degrees. It feels like spring has arrived. I took my uh, my my uh, citrus trees out of the basement in the winter hibernation. I have two lemon trees and a lime tree um, that I keep down in the basement for the winter on the grow lights, and uh, I took them out yesterday so they can get some real sunshine. And hopefully, the final freeze is over. So, uh, uh, hope you're uh, if you're in the northeast, get out and enjoy it. Uh, Today is also V Day for me. It's my second vaccine coming up uh, this afternoon. So looking forward to that finally get the second shot today so i'm planning to do a show tomorrow now a lot of people seem to be having some reactions to the second vaccine so uh, i'm planning on doing a show tomorrow unless uh uh this second shot kicks me in the rear end hopefully that will not be the case so anyway that's coming up this afternoon can't wait Uh, you know it's i was saying to somebody yesterday i kind of i have this feeling like when i get the second shot i want to rip the mask off and start running around without my mask on. can't do that though um uh you know and uh when i had my first shot dave uh, massey just checked in said he got his first one yesterday I, I got my first one i had a sore arm for 24 hours that was about it um i had a little bit of a headache the next day when i got up but really had no issues so uh, i'm hoping it will be the same thing with the uh, the second shot i got uh, i'm getting the pfizer shot so anyway i can't wait uh, to get that over with and uh, they say now, I think they said that 25% of the population in the United States has gotten vaccinated, at least one shot. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's great. I mean, when you think about it, what, what do you have? Probably 300 million, 350 million people in the country. 25% is a lot of people. But, you know, in order to get to a place where we have what they call herd immunity, we got to get to about 80, 85%. So we still have a long way to go. I know the the numbers are ticking up and, and they're trying to uh, – Uh, vaccinate people a lot quicker i mean here in the state of connecticut now it's you know anybody 16 and over can get it and i think uh, president biden is planning on opening it up to everybody as of the 19th of april nationally so uh it can't happen soon enough as far as i'm concerned um all right before we get to the baseball action from yesterday the police in uh, los angeles county finally released the report on tiger woods accident Um, The black box that they had taken from the SUV that crashed indicated that he had been going somewhere between 82 and 87 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone on a twisty road that he wasn't very familiar with and he was speeding. Um, They say when he actually hit the tree, his final estimated speed when he struck the tree was 75 miles an hour. He is dead. Uh, You know, that makes it that kind of brings it home even more to think about how lucky he is to be alive. You hit a tree going seventy five miles an hour. Uh, He very, very fortunate man. Um, They are theorizing that he accidentally hit the accelerator instead of the brake because there was he never the black box showed he never hit the brakes but that the accelerator pedal was at 99%. So it sounds like, you know, maybe when he saw he was losing control, he went to hit the brake uh, and hit the gas pedal instead. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was 7 o'clock in the morning, I suppose, that maybe he was still half asleep too. Who knows? But uh, regardless, 75 miles an hour when he hit the tree. and, And the thing is, you know, there are people still saying, well, why isn't he getting charged with anything? Uh, and, and that, you know, they thought that there was preferential treatment because they had to get his permission to release the results. Well, the 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 police, the, uh, had, the chief of police kind of summed it up yesterday. That is the law in California. He said, and uh, he said there's a thousands of reports like the one with Tiger Woods that uh, they prepare every year in L.A. County. He said, and no one asked for him. So he said, we treated this one no differently than anybody else. But uh, our vehicle code says that the details of the report remain confidential, except for involved parties. That's the way it's written. So there was no preferential treatment. And and as far as why, why he didn't get charged, he said, look, nobody saw it. you know. And in order to charge somebody, he said, look, we could. He said, but he said it could basically be a waste of time. He said, because the courts would dismiss it because it wasn't involved by a police officer or anybody for that matter. You know, he said, so there's there's nothing to charge and nobody there was no property damage. Nobody was hurt other than the guy that was driving the car. So, you know, I mean, it's just like uh, yeah, people just need to mind their own business. Uh, Today is Masters Day. The Masters is back looking forward to that in its normal time slot. Of course, if you remember, the Masters from last year was moved until the fall and it wasn't the same. I realize it's the same golf course. That course played completely differently in the fall. Uh, what was the winning score, like 20 under or something like that when Dustin Johnson won it? You know, And it's not to take anything away from his victory, but the course did not play the same. And by all accounts, the course is in great shape. The course is fast. There's been no rain down there. The greens are fast. Uh, this could be quite a challenge. Uh, but the good news is, is fans are back. They are uh, limiting it to probably to around 8,000 people. People still have to wear masks. Uh, they have to keep social distancing. They're not allowing any eating or drinking uh, near the uh, the roped-off spots closest to the greens. Um, and, you know, if you come with your family, you can all sit together, but your group has to sit six feet apart from the next person near you. So, you know, I mean, they're, they're trying to do the best they can, and I can't wait to watch the Masters. I I, I just that's I I hope I get a chance to visit there one day because it's one of the most beautiful golf courses you've ever seen, and you know with, when the azaleas are in bloom and everything. So I, I'd love to get down there to see it one day. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the tournament. I can't wait. Um, so that'll be uh, coming up. I I think I'm not sure what time. They, unfortunately, with the Masters, you don't get 18 hole coverage like you do like in the U.S. Open and everything else because the Masters, um, you know that Augusta National controls everything. You know, to, from how many holes you can show to when you can show them. I mean everything. Uh, and by the way, one of the and you know people I've criticized that, but I'll say this: it has to be one of the most fan-friendly uh, professional sports events in the world. Now, why do I say that? Well, a because you know people are you know the people who run the place are are, uh, from all accounts, I know people that have gone there, they said the people are just so polite. But how about this? You go there, and the concession prices, right? You want to get a sandwich? It's a buck and a half. Even if you want to get a fancy sandwich, like the uh, they call it the Master's Club, which is, uh, uh, you know, like a turkey cheese and ham on, on, on rye. Or it's two fifty. You want a barbecue pub sandwich? Three bucks. How about a beer? beer is five bucks. Going to a baseball game lately and looked at the beer prices, Now I don't drink beer. I laugh when I see the, I mean, I think beer is like, you know, 11, 12 bucks, right? So you can go to the Masters and get a beer for five bucks. I mean, it's just, uh, and the price is supposedly in the gift shop and everything, every very reasonable. So uh, it's on my bucket list of things to do before I kick the bucket, so to speak, you know, and maybe once uh, we move south, I'll be a little bit closer to the tournament. And I think I'll apply for tickets because uh, it's one of those, it's a lottery system. So I think I'm going to apply and, and just try to get there one day. Uh, Other COVID news, the French Open has been postponed by a week. It was supposed to start on May 23rd. They're now going to start it on May 30th, a week later. It's essentially because right now uh, France is having another pandemic uh, surge, and the hospitals are pretty close to full. So they're hoping by postponing it for a week, uh, they'll have a chance to actually have fans in the stands and uh, have things more under control it will not affect Wimbledon because back in 2015 they put an extra weekend between the French Open and Wimbledon Uh, there's a couple of other grass court events that may be affected a little bit by this but uh, Wimbledon should not be Wimbledon of course was cancelled last year for the first time since World War II uh, but plans are to play that in its regular time slot uh, as well Uh, other COVID news the Vancouver Canucks now have 21 players who have tested positive for the coronavirus 25 members of the organization overall, but 21 players. Uh, They have been shut down since early last week. There is no indication when they will play again. Uh, You know, and this is a situation where they have, I think they're going to miss at least six games by the time they're able to play again. This may be a case where they may not have the opportunity to make those games up. You know, it's going to be one of those where uh, somebody may get screwed from the playoffs because of that. But, you know, I don't know how they're going to be able to make them all up. But they went from having one positive case on March 31st to uh, three days later having 18. And now it's up to 21 players. And uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, You know, so. That's where we're at as far as that. And on the opposite side of that, the Milwaukee Brewers are going to start allowing tailgating at uh, their their field before home games. Um, and they say they're doing it with the support of the Milwaukee Health Department. I find it interesting because just in the neighboring state next door in Michigan, Michigan right now has the highest number of coronavirus cases in the country. You know, and I, I was talking yesterday, I, I found it curious you know, we talk about the super spreader events, right? Like down in down in uh, Florida, spring break, kids everywhere, you know, idiots. No masks, no nothing on top of each other. You've got the governor of Texas allowing a full stadium in Texas, you know, and yet the all these coronavirus cases, the, over half of the ones in the entire country are located like in five states, and they're all in the northeast or all in the north. You know, Michigan, New Jersey, uh, New York. Pennsylvania but the places where people are like all over each other it's not happening at least not yet now we'll see a week from now after that opening day in Texas you know maybe there will be I hope not you know but part of it we have to recognize too even down in Florida that the uh, you know they're outside you know and that's why I have hope for baseball this year I mean even in Texas I know they had a full stadium but they're outside you know the roof was open so, you know, maybe that's why. I, I don't know. But I find it curious that Milwaukee, uh, even despite what's going on uh, next door in Michigan, is going to be uh, uh, opening it up to tailgating. But, uh, hey, look, I, I know, you know, and there's a lot of people that, look, we've all had enough, right? We're all kind of weary of the mask. We're all kind of weary of the uh, of where we're at. But, you know, and, and maybe it's just older people like me saying, "Hey, we got to just hang in there," because it sounds like the younger kids <laughs> have had enough. You know, and the shame of it is that a lot of the new cases, even in Michigan where they're having that huge amount, a lot of these new cases are not with older people; they're with people in their twenties and thirties and forties. That's the part that's concerning. I mean, the good news is for a lot of the young kids, you know, they're going to be able to f- fight it off. Old people like me and Dave Massey. Uh, you know, we, we had to be more careful, right? Uh, so, uh, anyway, that's where we're at as far as the coronavirus news. Let's get to, uh, sports news. And just like they drew it up, you know, if you had told me at the start of this season, you know, before opening day against Baltimore, that after the first two series, the Red Sox were going to be three and three, I would have said, uh, ah, you know, not great, but okay, I'll take that. Um, um, and so that's where the Boston Red Sox are. However, what I did not anticipate, nor did anybody, was you lose three to the Baltimore Orioles, and then you come back and sweep the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Red Sox dismantled Tampa yesterday, uh, beating them nine to two in the three-game series. Boston outscored Tampa twenty-six to nine. Twenty-six to nine. How bad is that? That is the fourth most runs that the Tampa Rays have allowed in the three-game series in the last decade. It just doesn't happen to this franchise. I mean, the Red Sox scored uh, uh, nine yesterday. They scored 11 in the opener, and then they scored, what, six in the game. They won an extra inning. So it was just uh, a dominant effort by the Red Sox uh, batters, but even more importantly, a dominant effort by the Red Sox pitching staff. Uh, Nate Evaldi yesterday, seven innings, three hits, one run. He struck out seven. He walked three. He threw 91 pitches in seven innings. That's like, you know what that is? That's old-time pitching. Remember the days where, you know, guys would go nine, you know, and throw 110 pitches? I mean, Evaldi was on that kind of pace yesterday. You just don't see that anymore. Uh, So that was encouraging. Now, uh, you know, can he back it up? And look, he was pretty good his first outing. Uh, a couple of the hits that Ivaldi gave up that led to runs in the opener uh, were cheap hits. A couple off the end of the bat or, you know, a, a couple of infield hits. He didn't exactly get battered around his first start. So uh, that is an encouraging sign. Of course, the thing with Nate Ivaldi is always can he stay healthy? But the early returns on this season is uh, we have, uh, we might have a new Nate Ivaldi. And you stick him at the top of that lineup with uh, Erod, and uh, when Chris Sale comes back, and if if it's a one two three like that, and Navaudi's healthy and pitching like this, whew, you know, then you have to revise maybe what you were thinking about this Red Sox team. We have 156 games to go. I'm it's it's early. I'm not getting giddy, but here's the thing: you lost three to the Baltimore Orioles, and now you get to play the Baltimore Orioles again for three. Now, I know the games are in Baltimore, but I'm telling you right now, if if Baltimore sweeps the Red Sox in Baltimore, I'll eat my shoe live on my show. That's how confident I am that the Red Sox are not going to get swept down there. Uh, And it doesn't hurt that the opener uh, of the series is going to be pitched by Rodriguez. He pitches today. It'll be his first start of the season, had a little bit of a dead arm at the end of spring training, which is not a surprise. Uh, considering the fact that uh, he did not pitch in all of 2020. And uh, uh, yesterday was his birthday. He was hoping to be able to pitch on his birthday. But, you know, if he goes out there today and can give them five strong innings, six would be great, but I don't want to get greedy, considering the guy hasn't pitched in anger in a year. If he gets them five or six, sign up for that right now, especially after what Evaldi did yesterday, you know, he pitched seven, and then they just went to Josh Taylor, who pitched a couple of innings. You know, they've got everybody available for today. You know, you've got your your back end of the bullpen guys. You've got Adovino. You've got Matt Barnes that are now ready to go for today. So if, if Erod can get them five or six, I like the Red Sox chances. I also like the chances because they're going against Matt Harvey. And, you know, as I said, Matt's a, a, a Connecticut guy, and he went to Fitch High School, and, I, you know, I would like to see his uh, career rebound. But, you know, even in the game that he started against Boston in the opening series, I mean, he was okay. But I wouldn't say he's dominant. He doesn't have the movement on his pitches the way he used to. He doesn't have that overpowering fastball the way he used to. He is very hittable. And now you have some Red Sox hitters that are out of that early season funk and I think Matt Harvey's in trouble today. Uh, Xander Bogarts went 3-for-3 three three yesterday. In that three-game series against Tampa, he went 8-for-12. 8-for-12. And how about J.D. Martinez? Another big hit yesterday, another double, drove in a couple of runs. He's hitting four forty through the first six games. He's got six extra base hits in six games. Uh, only two other Red Sox players uh, have done that. And that's David Ortiz back in 2005. And a guy by the name of Fred or Fay Throneberry, one of the big names that everybody in, that's a Red Sox fan remembers, <laughs> he had six extra base hits in the first six games in 1954. That's your list. That's it. Add J.D. Martinez to that. Uh, as Pete Abraham likes to call him, Captain Video. And look, you know, uh, I ridiculed him for that last year. And, you know, maybe it's just... His binky, you know, it's it's his, you know, uh, security blanket that he has to have that even if he doesn't really need it. If he thinks he does, then by God, he does, Uh, because it seems to have paid some early dividends. Uh, Christian Vasquez got the day off from catching, but they put him in as the designated hitter. Two more hits, including a bomb, Uh, his second straight game with a home run, you know. Uh, it's pretty good when your defensive catcher has gotten so good with the bat that you put him in as a de- designated hitter on his day off. Uh, Kevin Ploeki started a catcher and even Ploeki got a hit. Bobby Dahlbeck had a couple of hits yesterday. I mean, everybody is starting to come around. The, the only guys that we're really waiting for Rafi Devers. Now Devers had a couple of hits on Tuesday. You know, uh, but went over yesterday, he did walk once, uh, he's hitting one Oh five. All right. So, uh, we're still kind of waiting for him a little bit. Kike Hernandez, a couple of hits yesterday, hoping maybe he wakes up. Hernandez was their best hitter in spring training. He was hitting the crap out of the ball and then the season started and, uh, he hasn't done much. So hopefully, you know, we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and this team that everybody thought was going to score a bunch of runs actually will, uh, to make room for, uh, uh, Erod off of the disabled list, by the way, uh, Tanner Houck got sent down uh, to the alternate training site in Worcester. And it's no look, this isn't a knock on Houck. Houck probably belongs in this rotation. Now, I'm, you know, I'm going to withhold judgment on Garrett Richards, you know, until I see a couple of more starts. But, you know, he wasn't great in spring training. He sure as hell wasn't great in his first start of the season. You know, let's see what he looks like when we see start number two, which will be coming up, I believe, on Saturday. Uh, because the Sox, it's weird, a weird schedule. The Sox play today at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they have Friday off. It's just kind of bizarre. And then uh, they play Saturday, Sunday. So we'll see Richards on the weekend. And look, you know, it would it shock me if... Richards ends up not finishing the year with this team. No, I hope he does though because you know if the Sox evaluators are right and hes still got you know good stuff, uh, that's great. and Tanner Hawk becomes a great uh, depth piece. you know if Nick Pavetta I know Pavetta you know got out of a lot of trouble. I called him Houdini the in his first start you know but maybe Houck ends up taking Pavetta's spot if not Richards. you know I, you know Martin Perez I think is going to be able to gut out the season. You know, he's just a, a veteran guy. I think he's good for – I think, you know, if we get five innings out of Martin Perez, and, and, you know, and I say this not tongue-in-cheek, if you get five innings out of him when Alex Cora – and, you know, he's only given up a couple of runs, get him the hell out of the game before things go south. Because he seems to be pretty good early against teams, but after they've seen him once – uh, they seem to catch up to him a little bit. It was the same thing last season. He looked really good, you know, sometimes in the first few innings, and then things would go south. So, but I think to, you know, how probably belongs in this rotation. But to have that kind of a uh, safety net down in AAA is is a good thing. And you know, I'm sure how probably isn't happy about it, but I also think. You know, you look at it. You're paying Garrett Richards a bunch of money. You're paying Martín Pérez a lot of money. You know, the only spot really probably that's that's there for you would be Pavetta. Uh, so we'll have to see. I think Pavetta and Richards are going to be determine how long Tanner Houck stays down in AAA. It's uh, 29 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. Back in a minute, you're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 31 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call on a Thursday morning, and uh, if you're a Red Sox fan, your night started or your day started well with the Red Sox winning that afternoon game, and it ended well. Why? Well, because the Baltimore Orioles beat the Yankees last night 4-3. to Anthony Santander with a uh, a great throw, uh, throwing out Gio Urshela at the plate in the 11th inning uh, to help the Orioles hang on to beat the Yankees last night 4-3. to uh, He's just, you know, again, if you're a Sox fan, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, and it's kind of spoiled a great debut for Jamison Tyon with the Yankees, the first time that uh, he had pitched uh, in a couple of years. Uh, didn't get out of the fifth, which is fine. I mean, you know, they're going to be very cautious with him, but four and two-thirds innings, three hits, two runs. He struck out seven. He didn't walk anybody. Uh, Great job out of the Yankee bullpen until extra innings. But, you know, extra innings is one of those things now. And I talked about this yesterday and, you know, I I talked about it because, you know, the Red Sox and and the Rays, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, great extra inning things with that runner on second base and, you know, some different managing strategies and hitting strategies. And I have really come around to it. I really have. Uh, I did a podcast with uh, some friends of mine, uh, the Boys of Summer podcast, which you can hear here on Sports Country Radio this morning um, after the show. Uh, uh, I've come around. I really have. I I like it, and I liked it last night. And it wasn't just because the Yankees lost, but, you know, here we go. The 10th inning starts. Each team scores a run in the 10th that probably wouldn't have scored otherwise. And then Baltimore wins it with a run in the 11th and a great defensive play in the bottom of the inning, you know, the Yankees had a runner on third base and one out. D.J. LeMayhew hit a ball on the button, but he hit it right at Santander. Urshela tried to tag up and score, and he got hosed down. I mean, it just – it was great. Uh, so, you know, I didn't – I'm a, as traditional as they come, but I have really come around to that. I like the three-batter – I mean, the, uh, uh, the extra innings rules. I don't like the three-batter rule. And I thought I was going to like that because I was tired of all the pitching changes and the specialist changes. Uh, You know, I just, I'm not sure that I like that one as much anymore, but I I love the extra inning rule. And I think it is here to stay because a lot of the managers and players have all said the same thing is that it brings excitement to the game. You know, and uh, God knows uh, with the way the game is played now with the uh, strikeouts and uh, lunge angle and exit velocity that I think that it's a, a a great thing. So a nice defensive play to end that game last night. Um, if you are the Yankees, however, you have got to be very concerned. I, I know, I know, it's, I know it's six games into the season, but uh, Aaron Judge did not play last night because he is dealing with another issue with his side. It seems to be that is the thing that gets him. Now they have an off day today, but Aaron Boone it did not sound confident that Judge will play on Friday when they have to go to Tampa. Look, Aaron Judge has not played a full season since 2017. Even in the shortened season last year, he didn't he missed a bunch of games. So this is a guy that can't stay on the field, and and I I saw a story this morning in Newsday, and they were talking about what happened on, uh, I think it was on Wednesday, and one of the cameramen for yes, caught him on camera, uh, using a handheld massager on his side. You know, and look the 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 Yankees already have Giancarlo Stanton, who is uh, you know. Constantly injured. And now Aaron Judge, look, and Aaron Judge is a fearsome hitter. And Aaron Judge is a very good right fielder. Aaron Judge strikes out way too much for me, but but he's a guy that, you know, obviously when he connects, he can hit the ball of the moon. He does, you know, get the benefit of having that short porch in right field. You know, I mean, you ha- even a Yankee fan has to admit that some of the home runs that are hitting Yankee Stadium are a joke. Now, I know you can say, well, you're in, you know, Boston, you got the pesky pole. And, yes, that is true. But there are not a lot of balls hit right down the right field line off that pesky pole. There's a handful every year. But there are a ton of home runs hit in Yankee Stadium by both the Yankees and the visitors that would be a can of corn in Fenway Park in right field. You know? So, But having said that, Judge is an above-average outfielder, and he is a very, very good hitter. But this guy seems to be a China doll when it comes to his health. Uh, and, And look, you know, I'm not wishing bad things. I don't I'm not a Yankee fan, but I don't wish bad things on uh, on players. well, maybe I have in the past, but Aaron judge isn't a bad guy. you know there's always bad people, guys that are jerks that, you, that that you know you're not upset if the guy gets hurt. but Aaron judge is not one of those guys. you know he seems like a really good guy and, and I just hope that he can stay healthy. But man, if you're the Yankees, this guy's 29 years old, uh, he's two years away from being a free agent. And if he can't stay on the field, and I know he is very popular in the city of New York, but in two years, let's say he doesn't stay on the field. Let's say he misses you know, 25, 30 games this year, maybe, you know, because of what's going on with his side or whatever other injuries. He's always It seems to always be something with him and Stanton. So let's say, you know, a couple of years from now, he still hasn't been able to play a full season. If you're the Yankees, what the hell do you do? You know, I mean, a fan-favorite guy, do you say, you know, look, we we can't afford to pay this guy. Uh, you know, they're already settled with Stanton's ridiculous contract. Well, what do you do? You know, and there is no doubt they need him in the middle of the lineup. They absolutely do. You know, if for no other reason, it just to protect other guys because they're going to, they you know, sometimes they're going to pitch around uh, Judge to get to somebody else just because he scares the crap out of him. But if he can't stay on the field, what the hell good is he? So uh, we'll see. But there has to be some concern, I would think, if you're a Yankee fan as far as what's going on with Aaron Judge because, you know, this is, uh, you know, second verse, same as the first kind of thing. Uh, The New York Mets got drilled yesterday. Uh, Eight to two by the Phillies. The Phillies win two out of three in the series. What a great start for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Five and one. Aaron Nola, their ace, got the start yesterday. He wasn't great. Um, He couldn't get out of the fifth inning. Uh, You know, he he only gave up a run in four innings, four plus, but he gave up six hits, walked a couple of guys, struck out five. You know, he battled as as much as he could. But this Philly bullpen, which was the worst in the major leagues last year, had an ERA of over seven out of the bullpen. They were worse than the Boston Red Sox, folks, (laughs) the Philly bullpen. And uh, they have been outstanding this year. Their, their uh, bullpen ERA through the first six is like three. And their starters have pitched well. Uh, David Peterson got the start for the Mets last night. Uh, gave up seven hits and six runs in four innings. Um, and so uh, and and the Phillies were hitting the ball all over the place. Alec Bohm with a homer. Uh, JT Romuto with a homer. Reese Hoskins had a homer. Reese Hoskins, by the way, off to a great start. A guy that has struggled you know, with the bat has been, and he's not a great fielder, so if he's not hitting, it's a little scary. But a guy who has struggled, he's, you know, hitting 230, 240. Well, he's off to a pretty good start. He was three for five yesterday. He's got the average up to 417 way early. But uh, this Philly team, don't count them out. I know, I still believe that the National League East, top to bottom, is the best division in baseball. I, I think because every team in that division you could make a case for winning the division maybe not the marlins just because they're so young i know they made the playoffs last year but just you know every other team in that division you could make a case for why they will make the playoffs so a a solid win for the phillies yesterday the mets uh not a great start francisco lindor was getting heckled by philly fans they're really good at that he was getting the overrated chant yesterday, Uh, but the Mets had plenty of opportunities yesterday, but they were one for 12 with runners in scoring position, one for 12, Uh, left 14 guys on base. So um, uh, now Philly will be uh, taking on the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta starting on Friday. Zach Wheeler is going to start that one. He was outstanding, his first start. Um, The home opener for the Mets is tonight tonight against Miami, and Taiwan, Walker will get the start for the New York Mets. Of course, he spent last year with Seattle and Toronto, uh, pitched well. Walker's a guy that was a great young pitcher, ran into some injury issues, uh, making his way back, and I think that was a steal um, for the New York Mets. Uh, the Atlanta Braves finally got some wins. They had been 0-4. Well, they swept a doubleheader yesterday from the Washington Nationals The Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval, the hero yesterday to help the Braves get the sweep. He hit his second pinch-hit home run in a week. Uh, He hit one yesterday into the right field seats, a two-run shot in the top of the seventh inning in the second game of the doubleheader. Of course, that makes it the last inning because they're playing seven-inning doubleheaders. Uh, But he takes uh, uh, Rainy Deep for a two-run shot and then Sean Newcomb comes out, strikes out the side in the bottom of the seventh inning, and Atlanta wins it 2-0 after winning the opener 7-6. Uh, so uh, the Kung Fu Panda is still around. He still is built like a, a bowling ball, but uh, <laughs> he could still hit. A uh, crowd of about 5,000 people in the stadium last night uh, in Atlanta. They are getting ready to up their uh, – uh, their not uh, in Washington, I mean – uh, Atlanta is getting ready to up their uh, attendance at their ballpark up to twenty five percent starting in their uh, game tonight. So you know it, it's nice to see, and you know it was fun. I mean, even in in uh, in Boston against Tampa, they you know the crowd of about five six thousand people they were loud, they were loud. Now there is still some crowd noise being piped in, which I found annoying, but. What I also found out is that there is a rule in MLB is if the crowd is less than 25% of capacity, teams are required to pump in fake crowd noise so that there is a uh, what they call a hum in the ballpark. So you're not allowed to just go with ambient noise, which just, I, I, don't, I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, it is 43 minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Celtics from last night. we got a little bit more baseball news to get to uh, before we get out of here. You're listening to The Wake-Up Call on Sports Country. It's 45 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake-Up Call here on a Thursday morning. A little bit more time before we uh, we head out, get ready to get our, our big second vaccination today. Uh, Boston Celtics last night. Back-to-back games, they looked like a completely different game. A completely different team. They actually looked like they were engaged last night and wanted to play. On Tuesday night, they looked disinterested. Last night, this was, look, this Knicks team is pretty good. They are not uh, uh, They are not the Knicks of the last couple of years where they're just going to roll over and die. The Celtics win the game last night, 101 99 Uh, Knicks had a five- or six-point lead with six minutes to go. Celtics had a 9-0 run. Marcus Smart with a huge fourth quarter for the Celtics last night. He had 17 points in the game. He scored 14 of those in the fourth quarter. Uh, So uh, Jalen Brown with 32 points last night. He led the way uh, for the Celtics. Uh, Jalen Brown, a strong game as well. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jalen Brown had 32 points. Jason Tatum had 25 last night including 10 rebounds and 5 assists. Robert Williams only had 6 points, but 10 rebounds for him as well. Uh, Celtics absolutely dominated the boards last night, and they played this game. No Evan Fournier, uh, the new acquisition from Orlando. He missed his second straight game because of the COVID protocols. And Kemba Walker, who is not being allowed to play back-to-back games as they try to uh, nurse that uh, injured left knee through the season, Uh, You know, so they are not letting him play back-to-back games. So uh, he was inactive last night as well. Uh, Tristan Thompson uh, got 22 minutes off the bench last night and made the most of them. Seven points, eight rebounds, three block shots. Uh, So a solid effort for the Celtics last night. Now they have put themselves uh, in a position where they are the seven seed. They're at 500. they They're only uh, a half a game behind Miami, And they're only a game behind Charlotte and Atlanta. Look, the number four spot in the Eastern Conference is still gettable. There's still plenty of games left, but the Celtics need to continue. They need to look more like they did last night. You know, they they have been so inconsistent. And I, I again I said this yesterday. I don't want to blame it on Brad Stevens, you know, but maybe. You have to look at it, and maybe Brad Stevens, you know, needs to light these guys up a little bit. Maybe he's too laid back for them. Maybe he's – I don't know. You know, but it's hard when you're when you're trying to coach a bunch of millionaires. You know, uh, and it's like that in any sport. But basketball and football are, are sports where, uh, to me, emotion is such a big thing. And maybe he's just – You know, maybe he just needs to fire him up, you know, and by all accounts, he's not even doing that in the locker room, you know, and and I don't want to just blame him because, look, at the end of the day, as I've said in any sport, you know, managers get fired and coaches get fired everywhere, but at the end of the day, players play, and they can either play or they can't. To put the blame on the manager or the coach is very, very difficult, but you can understand why a lot of people are frustrated um, with the effort that this Celtics team, which is – you know, I don't care what you say. They may be, you know, a 500 team right now. They have more than 500 talent on this team, and that, I think, is the part that is the most frustrating for everybody. But a good win last night against a pretty good New York Knicks team. A um, couple other baseball things before we get out of here. How about the Cincinnati Reds? Um, now, you know, that's, it's one of those teams when you're thinking about the NL Central, you know, the names that come to mind, you know, St. Louis, the Cubs, Milwaukee, Uh, look, this Reds team is scary. You know, look, they, they made the playoffs last year for the first time in seven years. They are now five and one. They beat the Pirates yesterday, 11 to four. Again, I know it's the Pirates. The Pirates stink. They beat the Pirates 30 to eight in a three game series, but this Reds team has done something that no other Cincinnati team has done. They have scored. 56 runs in the first six games of the season. That is a record. That The previous record for the first six games was held by that big red machine that included Joe Morgan and Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and Tony Perez. They scored 55 on the way to winning their second straight World Series. This Reds team, and look, they're not going to keep it up. And I know offense is different now than it was back then, but it's still impressive. Tyler Naquin with another home run. A day after hitting two homers and driving in seven um, on Tuesday, yesterday he leads off the game. The first pitch he saw uh, from Chad Cool, he lost it. Hit it out of the ballpark. And if you're Cincinnati, the biggest thing you wanted to see yesterday was your starting pitching. Um, because Luis Castillo is your ace. Well, in the opening game of the season, he gave up a career-high 10 runs against the St. Louis Cardinals. It was batting practice. Well, yesterday, he goes seven innings, uh, does not allow a run, only allows four hits. He struck out five, and he walked one. He threw 81 pitches in seven innings. I thought that the... 91, that uh, Nate Evaldi threw in seven innings for the Red Sox was impressive. What Castillo did was even more impressive. Again, I get it. It's Pittsburgh. I get it. But it's still very, very impressive. The other guy that's been impressive for this Cincinnati team um, is their rookie second baseman, Jonathan India. He drove in three more runs yesterday. He has driven in ten runs in the first six games. And the kids, by the way, batting four seventy-six. He also threw a runner out at the plate in the game. Uh, this kid's impressive. Uh, you know, we'll see if he can keep it up. But uh, uh, this is a very scary offense that the Reds have. Uh, they have the the Reds have the day off today, and then they head to Arizona, another team uh, that is beatable. Uh, they got drilled again yesterday. Boy, I don't tell you what uh, Madison Bumgarner uh, got battered by the Colorado Rockies yesterday. And, you know, I, I you really begin to wonder if there's much left in that tank for Madison Bumgarner, and maybe you understand a little bit more why the San Francisco Giants didn't work real hard to keep him in San Francisco. They may have seen the writing on the wall because he was awful for his second straight start uh, with Arizona to start the season. Uh, the Oakland Athletics are off to Schneid. So Oakland and the Atlanta Braves had been the only two teams to not have a victory. Well, Oakland comes back yesterday to beat the Dodgers in 10 innings on an RBI single by uh, Red Sox favorite Mitch Moreland uh, in the bottom of the 10th, and they beat uh, the Dodgers 4-3. So they do not go 0-7 for the first time in franchise history. They pick up the victory. Um, Jimmy Nelson... Gave up the hit uh, that allowed the winning run to score. Uh, Jesus Lazardo got the start for Oakland, was much better than he was in his first start for Oakland this year, went five and a third, only gave up a couple of runs, struck out six. And uh, the bullpen for the Oakland A's was outstanding after that. They only gave up uh, three runs in the next, or I mean three hits in the next four and two-thirds innings. Uh, Yasmero Petit with a scoreless uh, uh, final inning to get the victory for the Oakland Athletics Uh, And now Oakland's got to prove that what happened to them at the start of the season, they opened the season uh, against Houston and got embarrassed. Houston just walked all over them. Well, now they've got to play them again, except this time it is in Houston. Uh, So uh, that is going to be a very very important uh, series they'll have today off and then they will play at Houston starting on Friday for a three game series. The Dodgers also have the day off today and then they will play their home opener on Friday uh, when the Washington Nationals come to town. San Diego Padres playing without uh, Fernando Tatis lose yesterday to the San Francisco Giants. Kevin Gaussman, another great start for San Francisco and no decision, but he went seven innings, four hits, and just one run. He struck out five. He walked one. Uh, Blake Snell got the start for San Diego and struck out eight over five innings, only gave up two hits, but he gave up two runs uh, because one left the ballpark, and uh, he walked four guys. So it wasn't a dominating performance. Uh, you know, walked a little bit uh, more than you would have liked, but uh, still a, not a bad performance by him, uh, but uh, the Giants win it three to two in 10 innings. And the Toronto Blue Jays lose yesterday to the Texas Rangers, Texas who got off to an awful start as well, has now even their record at three and three. Hinjin Ryu pitched well for the uh, the Blue Jays seven innings, just two runs, didn't walk anybody, struck out seven. but Kyle Gibson, six shutout innings for Texas, a great job out of the bullpen and uh, they beat the Blue Jays. The bad news for Toronto is that it seems like the injury, the quad injury to George Springer may be worse than they thought. He is uh, going undergoing an MRI today. It looks like he could be out um, for some time. That is not good news uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays will be at home for their next series. Now, it won't really be at home. Uh, they are going to play their first home series in uh, Dunedin, Florida, at their spring training stadium because they still have not been cleared to play home games in the in their home ballpark in Canada because of uh, travel restrictions between the two countries. But they will open up at their spring training site at home uh, starting tomorrow. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully. Hopefully, as long as everything goes well and I don't have any side effects from this shot. And it, you know, and it seems like a lot of people, it's fine. And, I've, you know, I know some other people that have had the Pfizer shot and on the second one, they haven't felt so well. So uh, my plan is to be here tomorrow. So uh, say a little prayer. And uh, if you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, folks, get out and get it done. There's no excuse. And, and uh, you know, it's the only way we're going to get back uh, to some semblance of normal. We leave you this morning from with a classic. Yeah, a classic. Willie Nelson. And Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg is going to be the super mentor um, on The Voice next week. That's, that ought to be entertaining. Uh, but Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, and Jamie Johnson, and roll me up and smoke me. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.